0: This is the WorkSmart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 406, ILS Zolte on Peak Poker Performance. Welcome to the WorkSmart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. You are in for an interesting journey, as well as a phenomenal story, as someone found herself inside of a series of personal challenges, and suddenly it was this meeting of the two worlds, between one, hypnosis, the common topic of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, as well as the game of poker, and not just the friendly game amongst friends, we're talking about the tournaments and even the professionals. I just had this incredible conversation with Ils Zolti, and the topic was that of poker and how this entry into hypnosis, this introduction into the world, uh, kind of met up with her other career of being a croupier, a dealer, someone who actually plays the game and deals the game professionally, and how, again, these two parts of the world come together to create something that, if you ever find yourself working with this category of clients— you're going to find some interesting insights here, or also listen for how the two of us in this conversation begin to expand the themes of self-hypnosis, state management, reading of the outside situations, dissolving away emotions that don't necessarily need to be there, and acting without necessary, unnecessary conscious judgment. So there's a lot of insights, a lot of things we can apply to other principles, even far beyond the game of poker, uh, which actually over the years, I think I've had two or three people as clients, you can imagine not the most common thing, uh, being also living in an area before where there wasn't necessarily gambling. <laughs> Yet still, I Go to a story of a client who I worked with that by different issue, he was a day trader with stocks. And he had a very specific system where on a big news day, he would take like a popular company, let's say Apple, and depending on the news day, you know, the stock would go up. Yet the way that he would time these micro purchases and micro sells, if the stock had gone up four or five percent, he would have realized using his strategies upwards of like a 15-16% gain on his investment. And of course, though, he found himself in my office the day that, uh, but a couple of days after he goes, I'm second guessing myself. My system works, yet I'm second guessing my system. When I vary away from the system, it fails. And he leans in and he smiles and he goes, and you and I know this problem has got nothing to do with stocks. And I'm like, you're awesome. Let's do this. (laughs) <laughs> so we find ways that our personal world influences our game. And our game begins to influence our world. And that's an incredibly inspirational thing that comes out of this conversation with Eels inside of this conversation. You can head over to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash four zero six for the links and references we make throughout this episode. And again, I'm inviting you to copy and paste some of my best strategies as a professional hypnotist. That's why I put together the Professional Hypnotist swipe file. It's yours. It's free. It's available right now at secret.worksmarthypnosis.com. Head over there and simply claim your free copy of it. 14 specific strategies that I know you are going to use with your clients And inside of your sessions, inside of your hypnosis business, these are strategies that are designed specifically to help you to win more successfully at the game of seeing clients. You see, I'm still trying to keep it on the theme of the poker game here, as well as operate with confidence that you are providing a quality service to your clients to also bring in those clients as well. So check that out. It's the professional hypnotist swipe file, yours free over at secret.worksmarthypnosis.com. Com. And with that, let's dive directly in. Here we go. Session number 406, Eels Zolti on Peak Poker Performance.
1: My first introduction to hypnosis was through meeting some friends through poker. One of my friends is a comedy stage hypnotist, and the other is a consultant for mentalists. So I went to a few performances. I actually worked with the mentalist as well and had a lot of experience that way of of watching it from an outsider. Yeah. Looking in. I was quite a skeptic, actually.
0: What, What about it would you say changed that opinion then?
1: I saw an advert on Facebook which was introducing a course on hypnosis, but particularly relating to clinical hypnosis, and psychotherapy. So I did the free weekend foundational course, then signed up and completed it.
0: Nice, nice, which I know we're going to spend quite a bit of time going into this very unique specialty of yours. Uh, Well, let's go there right away, which is that this blend between poker and then hypnosis, and I'm just going to let you take off running here because I got to hear more myself.
1: Well, I've spent 10 years of my life as a croupier so i've spent 10 years dealing the game i'm a very passionate poker player myself and as a hypnotherapist i thought what better way to improve my own game by combining the two forces together
0: yeah for those that are not familiar with it when you say croupier uh define that for the audience
1: i dealt casino games in a casino yeah. And worked my way up, so I was dealing roulette and card games such as blackjack and poker.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then just in terms of looking at this, because part of this conversation is I'm sure there's going to be some incredible insights that we can draw out and apply to any kind of, let's call it sports enhancement, any kind of performance enhancement. What particularly are the issues that the poker player gets into that there's now a need to clearly resolve?
1: There are so many aspects of the game of poker that can be helped with using hypnosis. For example, you need to remain calm, cool, and collected at all times. You need to learn how to think under pressure and remain focused, be able to control your emotions at the table.
0: Mm -hmm. And just to kind of dive into it right away, like, what are some of the strategies that come to mind in terms of helping to really, you know, take someone who is skilled and really enhance that?
1: I would say, first of all, it would be to create the perfect poker face. Mm -hmm. And I do that by helping them by using just a simple, deep, progressive muscle relaxation induction. Yeah. To relax all of the muscles in the face and keep them at a present state of mind where their confidence is key. They're focused and in control. And they're not having to worry about anything that they can't control, like the cards. They they have faith in their good decision-making. And they realize that bad beats happen. They're more forgiving of themselves and they can move on to the next hand, really, by working on your mindset.
0: Yeah, that's one of those things that pops up in so many categories where we are often playing a game or doing something and it's entirely from this mindset of, trying to catch up, the golfer, the ball goes in the water, Um, the public speaker who one presentation goes bad and then they're sorting for that. Do Do you tend to find that pops up in this world?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes, because players like to keep to their own system. So when they find themselves diverting from their normal system, they can get agitated and frustrated and then mistakes happen and it leads to self-sabotage and imposter syndrome and all of those areas where people struggle as athletes come into the game of poker. But also with regard to managing loss, it's also very common to have to think of strategies and techniques in order to manage that for a poker player.
0: Now, something that, and this is part of why I wanted to have you on here, which was that it was interesting how, there's this blend between the poker world and then hypnosis coming in that really became transformational for you in ways that I uh, surprised me. Uh, could you share some of that backstory?
1: Yes, I started playing poker when I was going through a period of depression in my life. It enabled me to get out of the house and to socialize and meet all sorts of people from different walks of life and it helped me gain confidence and self-esteem and a lot of players find it as a way of escapism from their general nine-to-five working life. The game in particular, I've always been very passionate about the game, I've loved every aspect of it, I love the psychology involved in it, having to be able to read players at the table, read your opponents, looking out for poker tells. The strategy behind it varies significantly from player to player. Absolutely everything to do with the game. I'm a very, very passionate player. I've played all over the place. Um, I've played in Malta a couple of times last year. I've played all over the UK. It's a very competitive game, but what you may not realise is there's, different types of poker there's tournament poker and cash poker now the tournament poker is what i'm more interested in because it's very competitive and it's more sociable
0: Mm -hmm. how so
1: in the sense that you're competing against other players and and you've you've got your friends there at the table as well that you're wishing to do well or it could be even in a team event so it's a sport which brings a lot of people together who you wouldn't normally necessarily come across in day-to-day activities.
0: Tell, tell me if I'm connecting the dots here because I, what you shared there about you know, some of the more personal background where things such as connecting with others, things such as problem-solving day-to-day situations... And then suddenly it's here inside of, and not to say these two words together in any way to minimize it, but here inside of a card game, suddenly is this thing that connects us to others. And it's about, I love that the first thing you mentioned was what we can define in our world as the state control of the poker face, how we can maintain our cool. What what are the specific correlations that you'd say became strengths of yours as a result of even just first getting into getting into poker.
1: Well, after my first hypnosis session, it was just a simple confidence boosting session. Mm-hmm. I had a session and I went to a home game. Now previously I used to be anxious and nervous going into a game particularly when my ex-boyfriend was present and playing. after the session I felt invincible and very very confident and I was the chip leader all night long so I was winning all night and I took the tournament down at the end and and I I felt like there was something in that (laughs) that that it, it just I needed to know more but the first hypnosis provider well the trainer that I had didn't really encourage me to go down that route because it was too niche an area. I was actually thinking about specialising with depression because I had personal experience with that and had learned how to overcome the negative thought patterns that were going in my head. But it was only then, afterwards, I started training with the Jacqueline Hypnosis Academy and became a member of the association. And it was through that community with Freddie and Anthony who all encouraged me to follow my passion and combine hypnosis with poker. So I did, and I've realized that since I've combined hypnosis with my poker, and I've noticed how much it's actually helped me improve my game. When you're playing poker, it can feel like you're on a bit of a roller coaster. You're full of adrenaline. Uh, You're winning and losing hands consistently. How you deal with losses contributes to your success, so it's just essential that you learn from your mistakes rather than be too critical of them. You need to be mindful that bad beats do happen, and you have to be more forgiving of yourself.
0: Now, when you say bad beats, can you define that for us?
1: Well, unfortunately, <laughs> we, we can't hypnotize the cards, and we, we don't have any control over which <laughs> cards come out, so there is an element of luck to the game. It's not just fully skillful game. So that's what I meant by the bad beats happen. It means when the card comes out, that would theoretically you're ahead in the game, but then a card may come out that will give your opponent the edge and the better hand, even though your probability is to to win is a lot higher than theirs.
0: Well, it's like so many other things that it's not just the what happens, it's the how we respond to it.
1: Absolutely. Yes, you need to train your mind for endurance as well for the long grind because these poker tournaments can last eight, 10 hours a day and can even last nine days, the bigger tournaments.
0: So then here you are inside of the poker world, either as a player yourself or as the dealer, as the hypnosis came in, what did you say, what would you say that kind of filled in the gaps for? What did that help to improve upon?
1: I have a lot of anchors that I use before my game, during the game and after the game. And I find that the subconscious anchors that I've had installed are very beneficial to improving my game, reminding me that patience is rewarded while I'm playing, reminding me of keeping my composure, not being distracted. I can use visualization quite a lot with regard to going through the process of winning a tournament, the state, the different stages. So I I visualize the different steps that need to be taken and can get myself into that flow state where I can imagine myself being in the zone where the cards are going in my favor, I'm making the right moves, I'm making the right reads. It's very much a mental game. Well, part of
0: that, too, is that imagine that, you know, we I, I go back to working with athletes and I always have to smile when it's the um, oddly specific niche market <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because, well, there's always a community that's going to have a need for it somewhere. And surprisingly, the better we can speak about it, the better then that others can then go, oh, well, I don't have that exact issue, but that's kind of like what I need. And they're then reaching out to you for things even beyond that specific, you know, specific thing. Yet it's the correlations, it's the connections. But I think back to, I had this weird moment that kind of helped to launch my business early on, which was that a newspaper ran this article about me. And it was this newspaper in the US here, it was when I lived in Northern Virginia. And that was an area that had like in this one county, like 24 different cities, and the phrase was, well, let's not print it in the location where Jason is. Otherwise, it'll look like advertising. So they printed it like 15, 20 miles away from me. And then it was a gymnastics coach who read that and thought, oh, that's what my kids need. And he started to send me all these referrals for gymnastics stuff. And what was interesting was, again, you find how not that we never look for specific patterns and just put people into a, you know, round hole. It was, again, some of the themes you've hit of when the competition does this, when the competition does that. And it always came back to playing to the best of abilities, state control. And how, as I'd work with these teenagers, it would be the parents who were then calling up and going, hey, um, I've got this presentation at work. Could you help me with that? I'm like, you want to flip in a high beam too? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> what, what ways have you found it helps to correlate to other things, other issues that often may pop up in your world?
1: Well, I would say a lot of these techniques that I use with my poker players can actually be adapted and used for business. So for CEOs of companies when dealing with loss and things like that. Also, money blocks is another area that I've looked into. And I would say a lot of my work would be adapted to chess players as well because that's very much a, a mental game yeah, absolutely and it involves the same type of thinking and strategy and skill set that poker players acquire
0: i'd be curious to know does when you talk about being able to read behaviors and the poker tells does a story come to mind of either a person you've worked with or even yourself where here's what the response would have been before but because of this specific work we've been chatting about here's the result they had instead?
1: Absolutely, yes. I would say that some of my clients have have definitely reported back to me feeling that they have more control over their actions at the table. So they're more patient and they can wait for the opportunities rather than just dipping straight in and, and rushing to get to the end of the tournament.
0: Yeah, talk to me about that. That sort of place where towards the end of the game, this is something I've run into with marathon runners, that... It's toward the end where some of the mental noise starts to really kick in. How does that pop up in this world?
1: Well, at the end of the tournament, depending on how you've actually played, a lot of players can be very critical upon themselves and too judgmental and give themselves a very big hard time if they've played a hand differently to how they should have played or that they lost more chips than what they should have done. So therefore, they took a big setback to what they should have done. So then it, it, it's all a case of that self-sabotage kicking in. So it's dealing with that at the end and learning from your mistakes, making a mental note of each one that you make and then looking at the hand histories and looking at progressing and, and dealing with that, that mistake at a later date. Because the problem with a lot of poker players is that they let a lot of their outside problems come in to affect the actual game in hand so therefore it's very useful to have hypnotherapy help all like areas of life because any stress and arguments away from the table can be brought onto the poker table so it's great to detox your mind and and clear out any negativity leaving yourself refreshed calm and collected both at the end of a tournament and at the beginning and throughout really
0: yeah Yeah. So then you've got an interesting project in the works around groups and specifically a category that I'd love to chat about that of women poker players.
1: Yes. As you're probably aware, women are the minority in the poker industry. However, more and more women are playing poker and and more are crushing the tables and and improving, (laughs) I must say. So I've combined forces with poker power, They are a company that encourages and supports women to improve their game on the technical aspects, and I'm going to be helping them work on their mental game by giving them and providing them the confidence that they need in order to get onto the tables in the first place, because a lot of the women are just learning on apps and online.
0: That brings in an interesting point, which is building that confidence, building that skill set. How is it that practice comes into this, where here's that experience of actually playing versus now, you know, sort of the more mind game, the more mental side of it?
1: I think with anything, practice makes perfect. So (laughs) you're going to improve all of these skills and all these techniques with the more practice that you put in, in order to get yourself into the zone and to visualize success to learn different techniques including self-hypnosis just to get them in that present state of mind.
0: Well let's, let's talk about that self-hypnosis. Is there a specific way that let's say you're applying it so that then it's going to be beneficial in the game? Like are there things that then carry over to do this in real time during the game?
1: absolutely i mean all the breathing techniques especially the six six breathing comes in handy when you're sat at the table and you've got an opponent facing you and you've put in a massive bluff (laughs) so you need to (laughs) compose yourself you need to retain that poker face and you're effectively lying through your teeth but you just need to remain part of the game part of the
0: game
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) So self-hypnosis definitely helps at the table because if you think about it, your opponent wouldn't have a clue what you're actually thinking if they're even trying to read your mind.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so really it comes back to the state control yes. side of things.
1: Yes, it reduces your blood pressure. Obviously it regulates your breathing. So when you're looking out for poker tells with your opponents, you'd be looking out for the increased heartbeat. You know, there's all sorts of tells that you can look out for in order to, to see when it, whether your opponent is potentially bluffing or whether or not they've got a strong hand. Yeah, you let's talk the, about
0: that because <laughs> a lot of the focus here has been on how the player responds. What is it that is being addressed then to enhance that ability, let's say, to read others?
1: As a player, you tend to give away certain tells they are called. So you could potentially subconsciously move in a certain direction, like your eyes could move in a certain direction and look at and glance at your chips when you're intending to place a bet and your opponent can pick up on that, for example. Um, There's just very subtle movements that players can make that you can pick up on.
0: So kind of that of amplifying that awareness of those things.
1: Absolutely, yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. How does how does that usually... Let, let's talk about the reset because I'd be curious around, you know, let's go back to some of the older school stuff that would be modeled inside of NLP that would say, oh, if they're looking this direction, it means this. If they're looking this direction, it means that. And the reality is nothing has any value unless it's actually calibrated because what it may be for one person may be different from one to another are there specific things you're addressing then that are from one game to the next? It's a different set of players. It's a different set of people around.
1: It's normally circumstantial and environmental. Definitely. It's in collaboration with a lot of other supporting factors at the time. It's not a case of, you know, if you you wipe your nose or something, if you rub your nose, then you're lying. (laughs) It's nothing like that whatsoever. It needs to be in context of the game in hand, So it's more situational. Players will tend to display certain behavioral problems during certain stages of the game. Yeah. So it's very technical and goes into a lot of depth, really.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So then before we wrap this up, I know looking at the one-to-one work, looking at the groups, for someone who maybe a client reaches out and it's of this category – If you had to like break it down to go here's where to start what would you recommend that be part of the process in terms of truly helping that person activate that change
1: well first of all i would ask them what they're struggling with because different poker players struggle with different areas of the game but most of all it would be getting rid of any limiting beliefs and fears empowering the person installing them with confidence And also, you can use various techniques within hypnosis. You can use parts therapy, you can work on the ego. You can delve into so many different areas, even regression using Roy Hunter's effect bridge is helpful when analyzing why a player reacts in a certain way during certain times at a tournament, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if... Somebody tilts, which is effect- effectively losing emotional control and then playing erratically afterwards, then it's finding that the root cause for that and that could link to something away from the poker table.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I got to thank you for coming on here. That I really, when you find a whole other world that's out there and a specific set of needs that people have. And to see some of the insights and understand the insights within it. Uh, Thank you for sharing that, as well as your personal journey of how uh, it was the combo of hypnosis as well as this game that helped to lift and elevate you. For those that are curious to learn more, how can they get in contact with you? Where can they track you down?
1: I'm on all different types of social media, including Facebook, Instagram. I have a website, hypnopoker.co.uk. You can message me, email me. I'm very happy to meet and talk about poker and hypnosis all day long.
0: Awesome. And we'll link to that over in the show notes, worksmarthypnosis.com. This is session number 406. So if you just go over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 406, you'll see a direct link exactly where to go to check out exactly how to meet with uh, ills. Uh, Before we wrap this up, any final thoughts for the listeners out there?
1: All these techniques that we've learned in our hypnosis training can be adapted and applied to so many different areas that we never even thought possible.
0: Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for interacting with our guest, for leaving your reviews online. You can find exactly how to connect over at the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 406. And while you're there, also head over to Secret. Worksmarthypnosis.com. It's a free book I've put together exclusively for you, the professional hypnotist swipe file. It's your opportunity to copy and paste exactly what I've proven to work, not just in my sessions, but also inside of my hypnosis business. Stop guessing and use what's been proven to work. Heading over to secret.worksmarthypnosis.com. Thanks for listening to the Worksmart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.